The book of Ruth is very appropriate for Christmas. Let me just say that right away. The book of Ruth is very appropriate for Christmas. Firstly, because the events take place in the town of Bethlehem. Bethlehem. So right away, you have the connection with the birth of Christ. In fact, the whole reason Jesus was born in Bethlehem is specifically because of what takes place in the book of Ruth. And so there is a direct connection between Ruth and the Christmas story. So that's the first connection, Bethlehem. And we have read the first chapter of Ruth today, and on a number of occasions we read of the city of Bethlehem. The second connection is the Christmas story is about a young woman who made a radical commitment to God and then journeyed to Bethlehem where she gave birth to a child who would change the world. Does that ring a bell? Let me read it again. A young woman who made a radical commitment to God and then journeyed to Bethlehem where she gave birth to a child who would change the world. And rightly so, we automatically think of the Virgin Mary. But I want you to think about another young woman today who made a radical commitment to God and then journeyed to Bethlehem and she gave birth to a child who would change the world. Her name is Ruth. So let's launch right into the first chapter of Ruth this morning. In verses 1 and 2, if you have your Bible there, Ruth chapter 1 verses 1 and 2, you have what we could call leaving. There's leaving. Look at verses 1 and 2. Now it came to pass in the days when when the judges ruled, that there was a famine in the land, and a certain man of Bethlehem, Judah, went to sojourn in the country of Moab, he and his wife and his two sons. And the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Kilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah, and they came into the country of Moab and continued there. So this family leaves Bethlehem. There is a leaving that takes place. They move house. As we would say, as we would say they flitted from Bethlehem to Moab. Moab was a dark place, a very sinful place. It was the place where the people worshipped the god Moloch. Moloch. He was one of the most evil, wicked, demon idols of the Old Testament because the god Moloch demanded little children to be placed on his altar, which, by the way, was red hot. And as soon as the little children were placed on the altar, they were incinerated. This bloodthirsty God that demanded the blood of the children. You know, there is nothing new under the sun because we live in a nation today that has a bloodthirsty demon God that demands the blood of unborn children, thousands of them, indeed millions of them, 10 million since 1967 to be precise, 
What a holocaust. A holocaust of the unborn. And nobody bats an eyelid apart from a few, a minority of Christians in the nation. This was a dark place that the family of Naomi went to, Moab. They, they left Bethlehem when they should never have left it. You, you, you see, we could say that these people, this family, are a picture of the backslider. Someone who is wandering from the Lord. Someone who is going away from the Lord. You remember in the book of Revelation, it speaks of leaving your first love. There was a church that had left its first love. I wonder, is there anyone in the service today who has left their first love? Or perhaps you're leaving your first love and the things of this world are appealing to you and uh, you're leaving the Lord Jesus and the things of this world are becoming more important to you than him. And Satan is luring you away from the Savior. Be careful. Be very careful. Don't make the mistake that this family made. And whenever they arrived in Moab, tragedy struck. Because Naomi lost her spouse. We read that in verse 3. Her husband Elimelech passed away. And then in verse 5, we read that she lost her sons. So she loses her spouse and she loses her sons. A terrible loss indeed. But let's get back to the Christmas story because in the Christmas story we have a terrible loss. Turn with me please to Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2. And let's read of the terrible loss that the mothers of Bethlehem suffered in Matthew chapter 2. We're beginning, please, at verse 13. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt, and be thou there until I bring thee word. For Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt and was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and in all the coasts thereof from two years old and under according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted because they are not. Here were mothers who suffered a terrible loss, just like Naomi in the book of Ruth. I know that some of you in the congregation have experienced terrible loss throughout this year that has passed. 
Let me say a few words to those of you who have been bereaved this past year. Let me ask you, first of all, are you saved? Because if you're not saved, that is where you need to start. And uh, the fact that you're not saved is your biggest problem today. Your greatest need is not comfort in your loss. Your greatest need is to come to know Jesus Christ as your Savior. And when you come to know him as your Savior, then you will find that he will comfort you because he is a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. But you need to be saved. But let me speak to those of you who have suffered loss, terrible loss this past year, and you are saved. You are a child of God. I want you please to know that God is working in your life. Even in the midst of difficult circumstances. And I want to quote to you Romans chapter 8 verse 28. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to his purpose. The loss that you have sustained this past year, perhaps you can't understand. It is very hard to understand and you are perplexed. But I just want to remind you today that the Lord has a purpose in it. He doesn't ask you to understand the purpose that will be explained to you someday when you see him face to face. But all he asks you to do is to lean on him. God was working in Naomi's life even though she could not see it at the time. He was going to bring good out of her suffering. And to those of you who have, who have suffered terrible loss, those of you who are, str- who are struggling with loss, I want to say that God is working in your life even though you can't see it. And he will bring good out of your suffering. So first of all, we have leaving. That's the first, the first thought that comes to us from Ruth chapter 1, leaving. Let's move on. There's cleaving. Cleaving, verse 14 to 17. We find this young woman, Ruth, and she cleaves to her mother-in-law. If you turn back to Ruth chapter 1, I want you to look, please, at, at the end of verse 14. The end of verse 14, notice what it says. But Ruth... Clave unto her. While Orpah went back to Moab, back to the demon gods of Moab, Ruth did the opposite. She would not leave her mother-in-law. She clave to Naomi. There's a cleaving. In verse 16 and 17, we, we listen to Ruth's immortal words. Entreat me not to leave thee or to return from following after thee. For whither thou goest, I will go. 
And where thou lodgest, I will lodge. Thy people shall be my people, and thy God my God. Where thou diest, will I die, and there will I be buried. The Lord do so to me, and more also, if aught but death part thee and me. So Ruth pledges herself to Naomi and to Naomi's people. But most important of all, she pledges herself to Naomi's God. She pledges herself to the Lord. We read in the New Testament how the Thessalonians turned from idols to serve the living and true God. And that's exactly what Ruth did. Orpah went back to her people and to her gods, but Ruth makes a radical break from her people and their false gods, and she commits herself in faith to the Lord, the God of Israel. And I want you to notice, folks, today that this is a lifelong commitment that Ruth makes. She commits not simply for the length of Naomi's life, She doesn't just say that she's going to follow the God of Israel for as long as her mother-in-law is alive. No, she says, I am going to commit myself and follow the God of Israel as long as I am alive for the rest of her own life. And that's what becoming a Christian is all about. It's not a short-term thing. It's not a temporary thing. It's a lifelong thing. It's a permanent thing. And if you're going to decide for Jesus Christ today, count the cost. Remember, there's no going back. But I want to tell you that it's worth it. It's worth every minute of your journey along the narrow way. It's worth all the heartaches. It's worth all the burdens, all the problems, all the abuse, all the criticism, all the ridicule, all the mockery. It's worth every bit of it just to walk the narrow way with the Lord Jesus Christ. A cleaving. Of course, when we think of the Christmas story, we find another young woman who shows the same commitment as Ruth. And we're referring, of course, to Mary. For in Luke chapter 1, verse 38, uh, Mary says, Behold, the handmaid of the Lord, be it unto me according to thy word. Radical commitment from Ruth and from Mary. And that is what the Lord requires of every one of us. Radical commitment to him. I want to tell you if you're willing to radically commit your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're willing to repent and believe the gospel today. Though it may not change the world. It will definitely change your world. You get that? It might not change the world, but it will change your world. Leaving, cleaving, and grieving. Let's finish with the grieving today. In verse in. Uh, Verses 19 and 20, we find that 
Naomi and Ruth returned to Bethlehem. They they arrived back in the city of Bethlehem. But then Naomi speaks about her grief. She speaks about her loss, about her sorrow, the bitterness that she has experienced. But before we talk about that, let me just mention and highlight that the whole city was astir. The whole city was moved as the the inhabitants saw Naomi and Ruth arrive back from Moab. You see, you find that in verse 19 it says, And it came to pass when they were come to Bethlehem that all the city was moved about them. And they said, Is this Naomi? The whole city was astir. City of Bethlehem in the Old Testament was astir. But then when you move forward to the New Testament and to the Christmas story, again you find another city that was astir. And this time it's not Bethlehem, but it's Jerusalem. It's the headquarters of King Herod. Look at Matthew chapter 2. Matthew chapter 2 and verse 3. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. All Jerusalem with him. And the whole city of Jerusalem is astir and there's, there's a hullabaloo, there's a fuss because the wise men have arrived and they're looking for the king of the Jews. And then of course Herod, he discovers from his scribes and, and the chief priests that the Old Testament scriptures tell of a Messiah who would be born in Bethlehem, which was only six miles from Jerusalem, and yet nobody bothered to make the journey from Jerusalem to Bethlehem, even though it was a short distance away. A truly sinful man is depraved. His depravity is so awful That whenever the Saviour is near at hand, he will not even bother to go and bow at his feet. It reminds me, of course, today of people who hear the gospel and the Saviour is so near and so close. And if only they would cry out to him, he would save them in an instant, but they refuse to do so. And it happens in Sunday services and it happens in open air services. It happens all the time in little Ulster that is so blessed and so privileged with the gospel. But as the book of Luke reminds us, to those who have received much, much will be required. But then let's get back as we finish to the story of Ruth and Naomi returning to Bethlehem and the grief. You see, Naomi says in verse 20 of Ruth chapter 1, Call me not Naomi, call me Mara. The word Naomi means pleasant. The word Mara means bitter. So Naomi is saying, don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. But don't you just love how the Holy Spirit continues in verse 22 because we read, So Naomi. The start of verse 22, look at it. So Naomi. 
Even though Naomi doesn't want to be called Naomi anymore, she doesn't want to be called Pleasant anymore, the Holy Spirit continues to call her Naomi. The Holy Holy Spirit continues to call her Pleasant. You see, God had good plans for Naomi. She was about to experience a new beginning. She was in a dark place when she returned to Bethlehem. She was hurting. She didn't know God was working to bring good out of her situation. And yet God was there working all the time. She just couldn't see it. After a dark opening chapter, we have a shaft of light. And you get the sense that things are about to change for Naomi. And I want to encourage those of you who are struggling today. Things are about to change for you.